Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Marvel 30 Questions. This is Loki 30 Questions, a show where each week we'll ask 30 questions about the latest episode of Loki on Disney+. Plus. I'm your host, Adam Fortress, and I'm joined by Sweet Sean's Kovacs from the internet. So are we getting that crocodile back? <laughs> and of course, Bruce Leslie. If they know what's good for them, we will. Oh, man. I saw, I actually saw, I don't know if you saw this. You remember the old... Uh, it was is it Lacoste? Is that the one with the yeah, little yeah yeah the shirt factories you seen, yeah you've seen that with yeah, the yeah. with the little Loki alligator and the horns and everything? So, I have not, but I want it. It's me too. It's beautiful. That's that's the thing. That's the kind of comic stuff like and things like as an adult that you need is just it's a polo shirt and you wouldn't know it unless you looked at it and go wait a second like that's the See, nerd thing that you want I, right? I currently have a polo shirt where instead of the alligator it's got Job of the Hut on it, but I would much rather have the Loki alligator now. Of course you would especially because yeah, he's green so. and everything's perfect now uh just to let you know if this is your first time with us we do a show a little bit different than everybody else we ask 30 random questions are all over the place and a lot of those questions are from folks like you and if you would like to uh email us a question yeah, wait till next season but marvel30q at gmail.com is where we send those uh but let's get loki season one episode six and i feel like we can say season one now that's kind of nice season mm-hmm. one episode six question number one let's get it off here uh, do you think opening the post-Marvel Studios logo, of course, sequence was meant to represent our actual universe featuring real-world voices and then panning into and entering the MCU featuring various Marvel characters, establishing us, a.k.a. Earth-1218, as part of the multiverse? That's from our buddy Larry. You know, I didn't think about this, Larry, but now looking at your question, it's hard to see it any other way for me. Yeah, once they go into that black hole, I never realized that. But that is what's happening there, Larry. This is a this is a good question. Yeah. Um, I think that I, I think that we're, uh, we're we're that's exactly what they were going for. That there's multiple dimensions, and the one that we are currently in, twelve eighteen, is the is is just one of the many multiverses of Marvel. I think that's a great idea. Yeah. It, oh man, I want to see the episode in season two where Loki meets like real life Robert Downey Jr. and they have an adventure. <laughs> I I could see that. Why not? I mean, it's it's you know, it's crazy enough stuff has happened on these shows. Let's go to question two. So it was Kang, and Kang makes perfect sense. And we knew Kang was coming to the MCU, and we even knew the actor cast as Kang. So why did I really feel like it wasn't going to be Kang? Was Kang well, there's two reasons for this. One is because the way that Marvel television has worked so far is that it makes perfect sense. So they're not going to go that way. And so they, they basically did uh, like they've been throwing you curveballs for the, for the last two series. So you expect a curveball for the third and they don't, they, they throw the heater. And I've got to hand it to Jonathan Majors, the actor who plays Kang or he who waits at the end or whatever you want to call him in this uh, show. But he got a question. Somebody said, will you appear in Loki? And he said, is that a movie or television show? Like, like he acted like, what is this Loki? I've never heard of this Loki you speak of. And because he's a good actor, everybody, because he's a good actor, everybody was like, oh, I guess he really doesn't. He's he's not in it. Werner Herzog saying, I've never heard of her. (laughs) <laughs> right right and and you know we like you know even in my questions this week i refer to the character as kang but are they it seems like they go out of their way to not call him kang 
Well, that's probably on purpose. Yeah, because I think some way, somehow, they've said Kang will make his first appearance in the third Ant-Man movie. So they're going to say, well, technically, this isn't Kang. This is a variant of Kang called He Who Waits at the End. But you know what? That You're playing lawyer ball there. Suck it, Marvel. It's Kang. I forget who... I forget who wrote a question in, but like mo- most of our listeners send multiple questions and I choose like the, the best one. But uh, one of those questions did involve like is, you know, it's not Kang the Conqueror here. Maybe he's just Kang the Benevolent, <laughs> you know, uh, Kang, Kang the not so bad looking. Yeah, it's just, finally <laughs> Kid Kang. <laughs> Number three. Bruce, I have no idea. Do you like Kang and do you like this version of Kang and Loki? I've never been, you know, there's only so many of the like big overarching, like, like you can't, you got apocalypse, you got Kang, you've got, uh, so many big bad guys to choose from that. I guess Kang was just a little too before my time. Um, so I've just never been like a huge Kang fan. Uh, this version of Kang from Loki is, is fine for who he is at the end of Loki. I think we'll really make up our mind on what we feel about Kang after the quantum mania or whatever that Ant-Man movie's called. Oh, you don't think that he's just going to be a stinger at the end? That's how I feel about it. Oh, I don't know. I mean, it'd be weird to have him as a stinger at an end there when he was already kind of a stinger at the end here. But I mean, you know, but I, I mean, they did that with Thanos for, for five years. I mean, yeah, true. But I think, well, yeah, true. I just figure like we we're we're expecting something different now than we did then. But I could be all absolutely wrong. I, I'm just putting my own bias out there. Like you did it with Thanos, fine, but you don't keep doing that. Yeah, and there's a, there's a ton of uh, a ton of setting the table in all of this. That's one of the good things that Marvel's been. Uh, you know, pretty steady with over the years is like we're pushing this story along, but also we're leaving enough breadcrumbs to lead back to all of these things and why why they've done such a good job uh, integrating, you know, the MCU and now the TV stuff into that. And I think we're going to see a, a further integration as the, you know, and maybe years you're go right, on. Sean. Maybe they are teasing him because for reasons that I won't spoil right here, Kang would be the perfect villain if they ever make their Young Avengers property that they seem to be working towards. Yeah. They're inching towards it. Number four. Uh, were you expecting a finale that would spend 25 minutes with three people sitting around a desk talking and that that finale would be riveting nevertheless? That comes from our buddy Bo. Bo, I'm going to uh, do something I almost never do. Uh, the finale of this series of, of season one of Loki um, is the best thing that Marvel has done in years. Um, I love, love, love this finale. Um, it, it, to me, it, it is perfect. It completely uh, like consolidates the, the, the Marvel universe. Uh, like it, it, it explain, it's going to explain a lot of stuff. Um, it's also going to be, it's also one of those things where it, it just, it was so satisfying, you know, th- there, it didn't leave me wanting more. I mean, yes, I, I can't wait for Loki season two, but it's, this is the end that this show deserves. And because they stuck the landing so hard, Loki is my favorite show of the MCU television series so far. And I thought that it was going to be nearly impossible for to beat Falcon and Winter Soldier because I liked it so much. 
But the finale of Loki is so good that I know I'm going to revisit the show. And, and I can't say that with everything that Marvel does. I think that the ending, I mean, I didn't uh, predict exactly what the ending was going to be, but I think it kind of met with my expectations. 25 minutes with three people in a lair discussing the repercussions of what to do next. I kind of thought that's how a timeline show is going to play out. I uh, didn't exactly see it being between the parties it was between and ending the way it ended or didn't end since we're getting a season two. But uh, I, I'm probably a little cooler on it than Sean was. Like, I really like it. But, you know, I think it's fine. It's a fine ending. Not my favorite thing ever or whatever. Loki season one is the my dinner with Andre of the MCU. Look at it like this. Imagine that a show like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. had consequences, like like massive consequences, because that's what it's, that's what shocked the hell out of me about this finale is that, you know, not only is it is it important to Loki, it's important to all of the MCU. And, the, and well, you know, there and there are certain things like, Falcon and Winter Soldier, now we have a new Captain America, but this is much, much bigger. And this is also something that couldn't happen until Ike Perlmutter and Jeff Loeb were out of the picture and Feige sure. was handling television, too. I mean, it's just you can't have two teams work seamlessly together no matter how much they claim they are. It's true. Yeah, but yeah, the TV's definitely taking a step up. This is even better than the Netflix stuff, which despite a few low points, I generally really enjoyed it overall. And yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, as far as TV goes, this is good, but we've gotten three good, meaningful shows with consequences like back to back to back without a whole lot of time to catch our breath. So I might be taking it a little too much for granted at the moment. Like after I have a couple of months with nothing to watch, I might cool down and go back and see it again and appreciate it more than I do now. And and they've all all three of these have brought something to the table and have furthered on. It, it's not just a we did this show because we have these characters and the rights to these characters. No, everything is building upon everything else and is leading to something else. And why, when you can do that in your story and still have a solid regular story as well, not just the building blocks for that next thing, but also a regular you know great story as well. That's that's kind of your the, and, the key place also, you want to be. I would have been willing to place an irresponsibly large sum of money on a bet that Loki was going to be a one and done show like WandaVision. So that caught me off guard too. Let's go to five. Vulture.com said that Loki ended what with what was essentially the architect scene for matrix reloaded. Do you think that's a valid comparison? Vis-a-vis uh, their comparison that, of <laughs> Matrix yeah. Reloaded, uh, ergo, I, I, no. <laughs> I think that uh, uh, Vulture.com does some good work. I think this is a stupid take. Um, you know, the Matrix, the, the, the architect scene at the end of the Matrix Reloaded is basically trying to reset uh, your expectations for the third one. Uh, this is not what that is. I mean, I understand it's people sitting in a room uh, where there's one guy who holds all the power and the other, the other people do not. I I understand that part, but this, this feels very uh, like, like hot takey. Hey, let's get some clicks kind of a thing to me. Yeah. And the thing is, is that the, the architect scene in matrix reloaded is just kind of a, 
like that's that's a scene that a writer pats themselves on the back with and just goes like, look at the good yes. job I did on this one. And it's uh, and it's not. It's there's a lot of fluff and just nonsense in there to bloat it up and make it feel like the people that are responsible for it are far smarter than they actually are. I would say that by definition, the architect scene from Matrix Reloaded is forgettable because I've seen it twice and I remember almost nothing about it. So I don't think this is forgettable. I still also remember the Will Ferrell, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> gag on it. They did some sketch somewhere that with the architect. I still remember that more than I do the actual movie itself. Number six, Sean. Jonathan Majors is a relative unknown. What are the chances of him being known as Kang forever? I think they're pretty good. I mean, this is, uh, you know, first off, being an unknown means there's not going to be any other formed memories of him. And then jumping in as uh, a multi, uh, you know, a multi-property villain because he's going to have a larger arc for what is still the reigning box office champ of franchises in movies. Though, you know, who knows the post-COVID world, something else might topple it. But yeah, yeah, it, it, this is this is his role forever. At least he's got a long career of going to conventions if his acting career doesn't work out. And also, I mean, you have somebody like uh, like Hugh Jackman, right? Like Hugh Jackman isn't just known as Wolverine, but he's mostly known as Wolverine. And he could have that kind of career, too. And strangely, I think people almost have to, to pause for a minute and think about who Thanos is. I don't think Josh Brolin is immediately like linked forever as Thanos because there's so much prosthetic and CGI but Jonathan Majors is out here in his natural glory. So, you know, he doesn't even have like a CGI mask to hide behind like Brolin does. Yeah. I've seen him in a couple of things. I saw like uh, Hostiles and White Boy Rick, uh, which were uh, the movies themselves are just kind of meh. So, and it's yeah. not necessarily I mean, it's on right him. behind Endgame and what pops into my head for movies I see during the summer. <laughs> you know, uh, I, did, I only watched the first episode of Lovecraft Country, so I can't really talk about his performance in that, but I, I, I heard good things. People are loving that show. I haven't seen it, but people love it. But uh, I, I think I, I like this portrayal. I, to me, he was kind of like writing this great line of like serious but funny young but old he's you know he's he's got all of those aspects and kind of works everything in there and there's just a different vibe with him than i i don't know that we've had this vibe in in, in marvel stuff yet i i don't know why there's something about him i, I like him he seems uh he seems like a troublemaker <laughs> well here's the thing too is that you know jonathan uh jonathan majors he's he's an actor He's got, he's a, he's a, an incredible actor. And usually the role that the, the actor that they would give this role to is a classically trained British actor. Mm -hmm. And the fact that they're going against type for that, to, for Kang, um, and, and you have, uh, like, it just feels different and it feel, honestly, it feels better. Like, you know, is there anything, is, is there anything less, but, uh, sorry, is there anything more boring than hiring Mark Strong to play Sinestro? At because this it's point. so boring, right? And One so would say, let's go. Let let's go. Yes. So let's go against type. Let's 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 go a different way with it. Let's go some with somebody who, when they walk into a room, they're going to be able to take over the room, no matter who else is in that room. And he is one of those guys, and it's going to it's going to make for a very fun viewing experience as long as that that clippy Marvel writing is still there. Yeah, he he doesn't come across as like 
evil, but he doesn't come across as super good either. Like, like again, no. he's he's walking that great tightrope of like, I don't know if I trust this guy or not. And if you if you know nothing from Kang, you, this is just some dude at the end of the at the end of the road here. Well, he also does the thing where, like, I would that I would call a Benicio del Toro flourish mm-hmm. that he has because because the character is insane by the time that Loki and Sylvie show up. And so he's got, you know, like he clicks and he stutter steps and he talks to himself and all that very Benicio del Toro <laughs> stuff. And, and it works for this, this version of this character, you know, to be able to go up against Tom Hilson and basically steal a scene, like good job by you, sir. Very good job. Yeah. Tough, tough road there. Number seven. Uh, I meant to say this last week, but now is as good as time as any. My surprise performance of this season goes to, and I'm going to try my best, Wunami Musaku, who played Hunter uh, B-15. She was, uh, you know, the, the black lady who's the guard and everything. I wrote her all... I'm sorry? The tough the big lady. lady. Yeah, the yeah, big tough lady. I thought like I I wrote her off in like the first like two episodes as kind of like just a character actor who's playing this tough military role and that's all good. But man, last episode she's she's not in this episode as much, but man, she is really really great. I was She's got range. She, I, I was agree with you. really really with shocked at how how I was just like, "Oh, no, this actress is is way more than this one trick pony who's coming in just because, you know, physically it looks like she could punch somebody and it would hurt." No, she's a really great actor as well, and I was I was really surprised by that. Did you guys have any surprise performances or anything this year? I went into this show pretty passively, um, much more passively than I did WandaVision or uh, Falcon Winter Soldier. So I guess I wasn't as prone to surprises, but I will uh, second you that of all the people who I was not familiar with coming into it, she is the standout performance. So I'll say that. I I was more impressed probably uh, by the end with her performance than even with Sylvie's. Yeah, I agree. Well, she has she has more to do. That's true. Yeah, she has range and Sylvie's kind of in the same lane though. Yeah, she yeah, she doesn't she doesn't swerve too much. Yeah, and you know, look, I think that I think that the B fifteen performance because I did not like that character at all when she first showed up, and I don't think you're supposed to. But you know, that is the big surprise of this series. But just to be different, even though I fully agree with the both of you, (laughs) that's fine. Just to have a different answer, so we have something else to talk about. uh, Is the 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 big surprise to me was uh, the kid. Kid Loki, because you cast that wrong, that character is terrible. And they did it again where, oh, hey, that, that kid actor is, is pretty great in that role. I, you know, he's not there for a long time, but it was a surprise to see, oh, this kid is actually pretty damn good as Kid Loki. And I'll just go ahead and throw a little love towards Tara Strong. No surprises for me because I know she's like the best female voice actor in the business, but I think that this elevated her celebrity profile just a little bit and it's very well deserved. Oh yeah. Unbelievably yeah, yeah. good, but let's it's, you know for 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 someone who's been doing voice acting, I mean this is maybe closer to her last role than her first, so I'm glad she's getting that love. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Miss Minutes, let's go to number 8. Number 8. And by the way, Tara Strong, about my age, and I feel old as heck, so I hope she feels younger than I do. Uh, when Miss Minutes was present at Kang's lair, did you get your hopes up that maybe she was the true time mistress? 
I totally did. I, I know totally you did. Got me my too. Hopes up. Me too. I totally I, because I, it, it, it's not so much that because I would have been right. It's more so because I just want to see that character more. Uh, I, I love the design of that character. I love Tara Strong's performance as that character. You know, one of the things that one of my favorite moments on Loki, uh, the the series so far, is when Renslayer is walking down the hall and Miss Minutes is walk is is like in the air walking with her down the hall. Mm-hmm. It's such a nice, weird little touch that I I just want to see more things like that from from this show and specifically that character. Yeah, it was. It's really like cool to see what they're doing with that. And I, I, you know, again, with everyone else, big Tara Strong fan, and like she does this kind of like one of the more real kind of southerny accents than than that you'll hear. There's so many of them that are just like so awful, but it's like it feels like uh, it, it feels real to me, even though that this is a little orange clock. <laughs> Yeah. Just so, just so I know, just so I know for my, for my personal, for my personal files, Adam. Yes. Where is Tara Strong uh, up against Jack Nicholson's Southern accent in uh, uh, <laughs> Mars Attacks? <laughs> a, t- a touch better. A just a. Touch. A little bit better. Just, okay. a, just a touch. And, and just for the record, to like admire her talent, she's a, a Canadian actress. So, you know, that that really is her learning how to do it. It's not like she grew up in Georgia and just resorted back to it. Yeah, you you could but if you if you'd have told me that, if you'd have been like, "Oh, she grew up in Georgia or something like that." I'd be like, "Yeah, okay, yeah. that's fair." Uh, she's super good, man. Sounds she's, like it. Yeah. She, there's a reason that she's as ubiquitous as she is is cuz she's damn yeah. good. Well, she's primarily had her wagon hitched to DC and Warner Brothers, so it's nice to see Disney Marvel giving her a chance. Number 9, Sean. When the TVA agents show up at the school, B-15 says, that's not Renslayer. So does she have a made-up name? Are you talking about Renslayer? Yeah, what did I say? You you said that's not Renslayer, so the she in your question is Renslayer. Yeah, that's not a real name. It, they show her name. She's Rena Higginbottom or something when she's a principal. And if you, I don't remember the name that, that is her real-life Ohio principal name. Uh, but if you track it back to the comics, that's a name that Renslayer used for an alias. So, I see. so which is the real name, which is the alias? I'm going to say, in in my mind, that was her real name. And then when she got swiped by Kang and put in the TVA, that that's when she went with Renslayer. Because come on, whose whose last name is really Renslayer? Well, and you can't walk into a mystical you know universe and everything, and your last name be Smith. Like, eh, that doesn't. Not enough cash. At the very least, they're going to start calling you Schmitty. Yeah, you got to you got to give them something cool. Like Renslayer, it sounds like you're going to play a game of Halo. All right, here comes question ten. I think I figured out why Loki had to wear his uh, dagger scabbard on his back. Any guesses before I drop my theory? Uh, because he likes to keep his hands in his pockets. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, wait, that's a really nice way of setting us up to look good at. It. No, no, listen, I don't know, because here's my thing. And so I, this is my wild theory, and it's it's not that wild, I guess, but uh, it really, uh, noticing it this week and trying to, you know, kind of figure out why it was there, because our thought was last week, of course, he should, you know, you have that on your hip. It only makes sense. But him putting it on his back leaves him wearing that kind of, uh, that holster, for lack of a better term, because it's, it's a scabbard, but it's also kind of like, you know, a, like a gun holster is where you put it on either shoulder. That really flatters Tom Hiddleston. 
it looks really good. It makes it like, cause yeah. you can tell he's worked out a little bit. It makes his shoulders look better. It makes his chest look better. I promise you that's why they were. And he looks better. Like and it, it breaks and up the monotony of the shirt. So, because it's just a regular kind of dress shirt. Maybe that's my biggest fashion faux pas. I go with the single shoulder sling for my uh, bastard sword instead of on the back. That's yeah. that's where I've been hitting it wrong all these or, years. Or, you know, double 45s, you know, do like the killer, whatever <laughs> you got to do. You know what I'm saying? But just get you something to wear on your back that like that that cuts you up a little bit. And I, I, I just from a s- aesthetic standpoint uh, for the character, for the actor and everything, that's what I, I feel like it was. It's like, let's do this. It'll make him look really good. It'll give us a place to put the sword and and break up the costume a little bit works for me it's nothing crazy but that's what i got all right number 11 so the timeline was the MacGuffin that moved this show along but i never thought it felt like a time travel show did you guys i did not no it it felt like i mean not exactly but more interdimensional per se yeah, than, than yeah, time travel it's, it, it was more about a multiverse than multiple timelines, if you ask me. Yeah, because we yeah. never really felt like we were going back uh, to a time that, like, we didn't, you know, technology was, like, limited or whatever. We never went so far into the future that we're just like, this doesn't look like anything and, and we've ever seen before. there was never the thing where they went back in the timeline and screwed stuff up and then had to go back and fix it, you know, nothing yeah, no like real sh- no shenanigans or, yeah, no Back to the Future 2 I, shenanigans. I was expecting, I was expecting a little of the time travel vibe from Endgame, to be honest, since Endgame is yeah. going to set this up. Yeah. I think so, but missing indeed. Number 12, Sean. My daughters have held off from watching the series because they want to watch the entire thing in one chunk. Do you envy them? At this point, I am no longer a binge watcher. I've, I've totally changed 180 degrees where now I really like to savor an episode. So I don't envy them. But, you know, two years ago, I would have. Uh, well, there's always something that where, you know, you do have that like, man, I wish I could rewatch X for the first time kind of things. And certainly it comes up with that. And I, I like the idea of of being able to go through and just doing this as one giant large movie, which you certainly could do. But I, again, I think I'm with Bruce as well, is that we've now, you know, we're, we're easily trained us humans. <laughs> so Marvel and DC has been like, no, no, no. You like television now. You like episodic weekly format. And we go, okay, that sounds good. And, and then we do. And I'll say that there's also been a little disappointment with some of the, you know, last couple years of stuff that we've binged on Netflix. You know, sure. so, so the not having to binge is kind of nice. I agree. Pump, agree. pump the brakes but even netflix is doing a thing where like you know they're they're releasing stuff in stages and things like that as opposed to you know full seasons they're still doing some full seasons but uh now they're they're uh going with like weekly releases for some things i know they just did that was like a horror movie trilogy they're like oh we're gonna put this out but it's gonna be at separate times and stuff which yeah. is kind of neat it wasn't that kind of like three movies each a week apart it was a, yeah. it was a cool thing to do fear but, street or something yeah fear street yeah the fear street stuff and they did like one a week and i, I thought that's pretty neat so like yeah, that even, was a nice touch even they're you know dabbling with you know more of the uh week to week kind of things which which i dig 13. Uh, does Sylvie killing Kang at the fracturing of the timeline give Marvel an excuse for any inaccuracy of MCU continuity, e.g. Spider-Man's Eight Years Later, Red Guardian fighting Captain America, two different roadies and banners? That comes to us from uh, Tim Doobie. Yeah, I think if they care enough to address it, this can be the easy way to address it. I, I think they kind of... Like, the nice thing is, if what you're doing is good work, 
people give you some leeway. It's when you have mediocre work that people start to tear it apart. So I guess if they have some mediocre stuff in the future, they have this to fall back on to explain the inaccuracies. Uh, completely. And, you know, I look at something like uh, X-Men, right? When X-Men, when they split their timeline uh, with uh, uh, Days of Future Past, which uh, I got to tell you, the, the more the more time goes by, the more I think that's that's the best X-Men movie. Um, uh, then they completely ruin it by the next movie. Uh, I think that Marvel, I think that Marvel is a smarter company when it comes to that sort of thing. Um, and, and, and so my guess would be that they're just going to keep going, uh, and they're not going to worry so much. And so that's, that's the right answer. And, and the nice thing is this allows them to just use that word variant. So now you can just simply say that, uh, uh, you know, that uh, Jean-Luc Picard is a variant of James McAvoy, who's a variant of whoever the new guy will be. You know what I mean? Yeah. So so yeah. You, you got that variant to fall back on so that people that want to keep those movies intact can, but there's no being beholden to anything that was established there with whatever Marvel does with them. Those guys know what they're doing over there. They got a good plan. <laughs> 14, Bruce. Were all these branching timelines just a backdoor pilot for What If, which is the next show coming up, and each of these What Ifs could potentially be what happens in a different branch on that timeline? I like I like this setup. I mean, if if they kind of lead into What If with this kind of idea of like, hey, you saw this sort of stuff, here's what would happen in these different timelines. I don't know how they would pull it off to, to make it like seamless, but I'm, I'm sure the guys over at Marvel got better brains on that than I do. Can you imagine how uh, done with uh, uh, multiverses we're going to be by the end of all this? Well, at the yeah. same time, too, I <laughs> always, be a lot. I always think that, like, when, when I think back about this stuff, and we get to you know eventually multiverse of madness and all that stuff, I feel like we are catapulting ourselves at one point or another to kind of a uh, like a continuous timeline at some point to where we. Maybe not this ne- necessarily the you know the line that we're seeing in the TVA right in this particular series, but however, just gets to a point and they just go like this is what it is now and do the things that comic books were never really able to do, which is just kind of go okay now we've got like one real honest to god timeline. And- I I think they're gonna do what comic books do, which is they have a big event and and sort of a reboot where they get to one timeline and then when they've got everything cleaned up and there's an explanation for a single timeline, people start to think how fun it would be to experiment with more timelines. I think it's going to continually expand and contract in movies just like it has in comics. But that's just me. 15. Have you ever met someone that you kept trying to save from themselves, but they just wouldn't listen. The reason why I bring this question up is because Kang is basically trying to save everyone. And he's like, Hey, yeah, look, I know that you want to kill me, but literally a lot worse is right behind me. And I'm the only thing keeping it at bay. (laughs) I, I kind of have felt this way many times in life in sort of an abstract sense that like, uh, people will complain about the person in power, no matter who that person is, somebody's going to complain about it. And, and like this, uh, I think we got to talk about it when we watched Superman red sun. It's like, there are people that are going to, uh, throw over this dictator of Superman, even though they're living in a utopia and they have no idea what the Soviet union would have been like in that era without him. 
But, you know, people, just the very concept that there's somebody who's in control and it's not you, it drives people insane. And, and yeah, I think this is a really good point out of that. Like, nobody's perfect, but it's like, you know, you throw over one dictator and then in the power void, something even scarier seems to rise up. And I always like the, uh, the villain or whomever kind of giving all the situations going, okay, here are your options. Here are all the things that are in front of you. I'm giving you, you know these options. I'm trying to help you out here. Do you even, do you even want this? <laughs> and, but because they're, you know, they're kind of seen as a bad guy. You also go, can I even trust this person to say that the things that are to believe that the things that he's saying are going to be correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Brandon Sanderson has a great book series called Mistborn that deals exactly with this in the first and second book. So yeah, I'm kind of familiar with this concept. I love it. Number 16 comes to us from Kev. Kev writes in, Did you notice that Loki was transported back to the TVA after the threshold was crossed, but not after Kang was killed? This leaves me to believe that the threshold was maintained by by the pruning, and once the pruning stopped, the walls separating the realities came down, and it was not the death of Kang which caused Loki to end up in a different multiverse. Would you agree? That comes from Kev. This is a tough question. That's why I put yeah. it in. I'm just like, I, yeah. I don't John, know. <laughs> John, do you got thoughts? I'm still processing. Uh, uh, you know, I, it wouldn't surprise me in any way if start of season two, everything Kevin just said is true. That, that you know, we learned that that's the reason why Loki is in a, a, a different dimension. That, that, that's not, that wouldn't surprise me at all. However, the way that things have ended they, 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 they want you to think that that's why things are the way they are is because Kang has been killed. Um, I, I don't know. Uh, the, the, the fact of the matter is it, it's absolutely plausible. I, I just don't know, you know, what, what's, what's next, you know, like, is there a different, so does that mean that he's going to be in a different TVA at the beginning of season two? Like what's that look like? It's fun. It's a fun question. I mean, ultimately I, I, I just got to say like looper is about my speed for time travel theories. And this is like a primer level question. So I can't answer. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, um, I, I, I liked when he goes back and then, you know, they have no idea. What, what are you, some analyst? Where are you from? I don't understand. And like for a second there, I thought we were going quantum leap. <laughs> like he was in somebody else's body. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be fun. That's what I thought. I was just like, oh, oh shoot, we're going quantum leap episodes here. Scott I'm telling you, that's what I was thinking was going to happen. But no. And uh, he goes, oh boy. Here we go again. Turns out I'm killing Lincoln. <laughs> uh, at 17, <laughs> Bruce. So no jet ski. Who do you think dropped the ball on that? I have no idea, but that is a massive drop ball. If you bring up jet skis three times during the season and you don't have that guy on a jet ski by the end of the season, that's on you, bro. Someone is not familiar with the works of Chekhov, I can see. No. I will say this, though. In a way, well, not in a way, I actually have seen this. I have seen them on jet skis because somebody did this great cosplay of the two of them riding tandem on a jet ski, and it was like, that's just beautiful. Somebody did it. So even though it hasn't happened on the television, it has happened in real life, and it's beautiful. That's great. 18, Sean. 
Jonathan Majors pulled a Benedict Cumberbatch when he was asked months ago about Loki, and he asked if when they asked if he was going to appear on it, and his response was, "Loki, is that a movie?" Like he didn't know that the interviewer was talking about. He literally looked like he had no idea what the interviewer was talking about, and he made me look like a fool. <laughs> Because somebody asked if Kang was going to end up at the end of, of this season, and I said, with absolute certainty, oh, no, we know Kang's not going to be in it. So what else did we get wrong this season? First, I have to apologize when I don't read ahead on the questions. Sometimes I step on people's toes. <laughs> that's okay. I sent the questions late, so that's maybe it's a little on me, too. Uh, but I would say... I think I got completely wrong my theory that Sylvie was going to turn out to not actually be a Loki. Maybe that'll mm-hmm. happen next season, but at this point, I don't think that's going to happen. And I was really invested in that. I can't believe that uh, th- this show's getting a season two. Like, just I was, I was for sure that this was a one and done, and we were going to finish out Loki. Tom Hiddleston will be able to go off into the sunset, and we finished up this character. But it's also, uh, I'm so happy that that didn't come true. Because I want to see what else we've got going, you know, down the line here, and it feels like they got something, so I'm I'm here for it. And I also expected uh, the the second Quicksilver to show up, and he didn't. Ah, darn it! <laughs> that would have been great. All right, this one comes to us from Nate. Nate writes in: Is Sylvie the villain for killing Kang and allowing chaos to reign, or the hero for expanding the possibilities in the MCU? I mean, follow, allowing free will again in the multiverse. That's Nate, aka King Solomon's Frog. Well, I'll just say this: I interpret Sylvie as a villain by the way she is uh, stuck to her single principle of killing the Timekeeper, no matter what. So, yeah, in my mind, I see her as a villain now. But I don't but it, because of the free will aspect. Uh, but once again, I'll go back to my previous statements where people seem to really value free will to a ludicrous degree sometimes. But it's also, uh, I, I think, like, like Nate said, she's the hero of our MCU in as much as she's what she's doing by this and opening up all these crazy timelines is going to give us 8 billion sure. different crazy ass stories that we can go to week after week or in whenever they decide to, you know, do all yeah. this kind of stuff. It, it, comic book fans need to face that as a absolute double-edged sword though, because it can cause as much headache as it does satisfaction. Oh, most certainly we've seen that in the past <laughs> 20 Bruce. Well, they did it as much as I didn't want it to happen. The two Lokis kissed each other. Does this count as incest? I think it counts as uh, taking yourself out to dinner. <laughs> well, I've done that before. Yeah, so that's that's about yeah. That's where that's what I would say it's. At. But it would. I don't know. I think a better question is: Is would you make out with a lady version of yourself? No, right. no, it creeps me out. Yeah, I mean, too. Why I said I didn't want to see it happen. Uh, yeah. I did not. You know, like, <laughs> like I'm cooler with the Lannisters than I am with this. Yeah, I'm just, uh, yeah, it's weird. It's a very weird one. Plus, like both the male and female versions of me, I don't find either one that attractive. <laughs> I want to see the female version of Bruce so bad. <laughs> Much more facial hair on that one. <laughs> 21. Why do you think Marvel and DC are going with the exact same plot lines in their next movies? Well, (laughs) because, you know, you want to play it safe. 
And uh, if somebody's a proven winner, you rip them off. That's what football coaches do. You know, like the guy up in Green Bay, he did a lot of stuff that worked. So all the other coaches started doing it too. It's the nature of the beast. You ever see that episode of Mr. Bean where he's trying to cheat off that dude in a test? That's a lot what I feel like DC's doing. <laughs> They're looking over sure. going like, what you got over there? Ooh, I like some of that. I'll take a couple of those. What's it? No. Oh, that one's no good. I will say this. In DC's defense, uh, you know, Flashpoint has been their thing. You know, the, the screwy, timey-wimey crisis resetting the timelines has been much more their thing than Marvel's. But sometimes the second adopter does it better. Never know. Yeah. Yeah, like Oreos. Better than Hydrox? Yeah. Yeah, I'd say that. Hydrox so, yeah. were kosher when Oreo weren't. Well, you know, sorry, Jewish friends. Yeah, you but can't I don't have, have to eat kosher. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm, I don't have to worry about that. That's just me. I'm cool. <laughs> See, I'm trying to impress you with the weird thing I know yeah, about Neither Hydrox. do you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, all of us are okay with eating whatever we want. <laughs> Send me the Passover ham. Yeah. <laughs> 22. I really like Black Widow, but because of the format, I'm now more excited for the TV series than the movies. Do you feel the same, and is that an issue? Uh, also have to praise uh, composer Natalie Holt again. That's from Joe S. Joe, I agree with you, and since you mentioned uh, Natalie Holt last time, I listened to the music uh, much more intently this episode. Uh, yeah, really, really good. A lot of like kind of so Hans good. Zimmer so notes good. and stuff in there. That's that's very invocative of all of that stuff. I really, yeah, I was very impressed by that. So uh, agree with you there. Uh, and I think you bring cinematic integrity to an episodic show. The show's always going to be the better option. You get more time, but it doesn't feel longer because it's broken up and and it's encapsulated in a way that lets you think and process before you move on to the next part. Sometimes movies go bang, 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 bang so fast, or it's a three-hour movie and you're so fatigued by the end, it, it's it's harder to get the full joy out of it. So, yeah, I'm 100% with you that, you know, when I went back to the movies, I realized, wow, my uh, experience with some really, really good shows has made me less interested in the movies now than I used to be. Yeah, and like we said on our uh, Here Movie Podcast review of Black Widow, it's just, we, you get through so much so fast, and it really feels like, man, I would love to, you know, slow down and be with some of these characters for a while, and TV just allows that and gives you... Ultimately, a much richer, uh, you know, product in the end, and I think you're right, Bruce. Is where the the operative word you said is movie caliber, you know, stuff in yes. television. I think that's where the key is. As long as you keep it of the high standard that we've seen for these three series, I'm all fine with it, and would prefer a movie version of that. Now, if you halved the budgets of these shows, um, maybe I'd start leaning a little bit more towards the movies again. And, uh, you know, I'm, it's old and man also, Bruce. Joe, also, Joe, I'm going to tell you this right now, Joe. Like, th- it's where they're headed. Like, it's going to end up where it's it's all television, and then the big event will be a movie. Mm-hmm. And old man Bruce is getting a little burned out on movies that go three hours or longer, like the big ones have to do now. So, you know, with the episodic stuff, the story's still as big, but you get a little break. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, get a breather. And, like, in every all of these movies and stuff are just going to these, you know, ungodly two and a half, almost three hour links. And I'm not talking just comic book movies, just movies in general are starting to get in a little long in the tooth when certainly they there's really no need to be. And if you're going to do that, you might as well go ahead and do a television show so you can at least, you know, get all the proper beats and don't feel like you're having to speed along even though you're in a movie that's, you know, three hours long. Well, and, and once again, I think it's like, 
chasing the trend. Some three-hour movies made a ton of money, so that's why there's more three-hour movies. Well, also, like, look at it like this. You know, what is what is a better watch? The first season of The Mandalorian or the last Star Wars movie? Mandalorian. Well, not even a question there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah exactly man i want i i, I yeah. can't wait to watch that series again talk about a series i just i think you're right bruce now that i'm thinking about it we've had some time off from mandalorian and man i'm i'm gunning for that when it comes back now you know yeah so i i think that's i think it's we'll, we'll get there all right so uh number 23. 23 were you surprised at how poor of a fight mobius put up against brent slayer I, so I was surprised. I was surprised by that question, honestly, <laughs> but it also makes total sense. And you got to admit, kind of classic Owen Wilson. This 115-pound yeah. woman just threw your adult man butt across the room. <laughs> like, well, that was over quicker than I expected. It didn't even say something like that. Well he, well, he mentions being back there again, which is just like, what's going on? <laughs> what, what are you guys doing in the off hours here? When the old TVA is not looking? I don't know. But yeah, it, it did felt like he was just like, you... <laughs> he tossed the fight there. 24. There's been three Marvel shows thus far. Can you rank them? Ranking the three Marvel shows. Um, this is tough because, like, again, one of the one of the great things about these shows is that these three shows almost couldn't be more different from each other. Yeah, sure. and it's I I feel like guilty for putting any of them in third place because they all have their moments, but they also all have some moments that could have been done better, maybe. So so it's tricky for me because I'm gonna say that by the end of it, I was really really feeling one division, and I was really really feeling Falcon and Winter Soldier near the beginning of it. Loki was a really good show, but I never had that like intense engagement with it like I did with the other two, but that doesn't mean it's a lesser show. It just means I took a different attitude into it. So it's it's tough for me, but I, I guess like as far as consistency and there's no episodes that I would recommend you skip, it's going to have to be Loki at number one. Um, I really liked a lot of stuff in one division that uh, uh, just wasn't present in the Falcon Winter Soldier. So I'm going to put one, two, and three as Loki one division and then Falcon Winter Soldier, but you know, number three on this list is still way better than most any other shows out there. Yeah, I, I think I think I agree with that assessment. I'd probably go with that same allotment too. It, 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 make, it and, makes sense. And you I'll make say case. You, you cut the first two episodes off of one division, it's probably my number one show. But um, it was a rough start hmm. for me. Yeah, and, and and I was just the opposite. I I love the 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 rough start. I I that that was as much as I you know we talked about on here movie podcast. Uh, check it out wherever you found podcasts. Uh, Sweet Tooth, you know, leaving most of the kind of story story bit to the last half. I, I wish there would have been a, a little bit of that, you know, here as well. But I don't know. Anyways, let's go to what are we on twenty four. 25. Oh, wait, Sean. Let let Sean rank. The oh, I'm movies. sorry. Yes, I'm I, in the I, I thought I thought we'd already done that. Go ahead, please. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, uh, it's Loki, Falcon, Winter Soldier, WandaVision. I knew Loki was number one after this, but okay. 25, uh, so, no, excuse me, so why do they keep uh, showing these coffee cup ring stains? This comes from Robin, a.k.a. 35 mil, a.k.a. We have been uh, watching. 3.5 mil. 3.5 mil. 
Well, Robin, I know the answer is they want us to come back for season two because nobody can sleep at night not knowing the deal with those coffee cup (laughs) stands. So that's the reason to watch season two. I put this question in because for me, this question is the the best kind of like crazy crackpot theory sort of thing there. And we got we got Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings coming up. Just saying. <laughs> Just yep, saying. It. They're they're all coffee cup rings. We're gonna find out. I, yeah, it's like somebody's <laughs> just going putting things down on credenzas when they shouldn't. Season two is going to have a whole episode dedicated to riding a jet ski across a coffee cup stain. But they made a whole they made a whole bunch of deal about it in like several different scenes and stuff. And of course, there's you know it's there's production value to be had in these credits. So of course you're going to have coffee cup you know ring stains there because you know it's in an office and you have coffee there. So why don't you have that? Um, well, there's two there there is two reasons, right? I mean, there, it's a, it's double meaning. So one is that. You know, coffee cups, like getting the ring stain of a coffee cup is real. You know, there's something real life about that that makes it a little grounded. Um, And the second thing is that, you know, it it makes a circle. You know, time is a circle. Yeah. And maybe it says something. Double meaning. And maybe it says something about people that are so neurotic about keeping the timeline in absolute perfection, but they're too lazy to use coasters. It's a little hypocrisy in practice. I like that. That's a good one. And I also like yeah, the that's idea, good too. I like the idea that Matthew McConaughey uh, shows up as Uatu and just tells us all that time is a circle, <laughs> and then plagiarizes Alan Moore in his soliloquy. Perfect. Uh, Twenty six. Do you think all the branching timelines, as well as lessons learned from this series? opens the door to some CGI hocus-pocus that allows Benedict Cumberbatch and Peter Hooten to meet as Doctor Strange variants. If only my, if only, if only, if only my prayers are answered. <laughs> yeah, I can hope for that. Is Peter you Hooten know, still uh, alive? Well, that's why I said CGI hocus-pocus, because oh, nope. I don't know the answer uh, to that. I, I have just looked it up. Peter Hooten, still kicking, born in 1950. He's still around. Yeah, buddy. We will get. Hey, I listen. I want at least a can, a Peter Hooten cameo. He doesn't have to play like a phony, like weird Doctor Strange or whatever. Or maybe he could. I don't know. Whatever it is, uh, Sam Raimi, get Peter Hooten on the phone. I know you're listening to this show. Get Peter Hooten on the <laughs> phone and uh, put him in that. Put him in that movie. It's Multiverse of Madness. How can you not have Peter Hooten in it? What's wrong with you? I would love to see the seventies era Peter Hooten in the Doctor Strange costume, not before you know the last three minutes of the doctor strange tv movie bro if you could get that music popping in if you heard that music in multiverse of madness would you not just like go oh my god what what's going on i would we freak would out literally be the only three people that got a kick out of it that would, would be the quite the best true. i want it's it to true. happen i want <laughs> i've been in some of those movies where like you're the only person that gets a joke and stuff and i'm i i've had moments where i'm like what, what's wrong with the rest of you this is hilarious no all right fair uh, 27. 27. It looks like Loki is setting up not only Marvel's Disney Plus shows, but also the entire MCU for the next few years. Do you find this exciting or a lot to take in? I think it's both. I, I think it's both. Like, it's one of those things where you're really excited, but it's also going to be a lot of work, you know? I, I don't know, like going for a ski trip. You're really looking forward to the trip, but it's a lot of work packing for it. So, so I'm feeling a little bit of both ends of that, or it's like the big risky gamble. It's, it's high, high reward, high loss, depending on which way it goes. 
I'd love to see the room with all the note cards, with all the little note cards where they put up all of the stuff and everything that they've got to keep straight in this wackadoo world that they've put together, because Lord knows there is a ton. And yeah, it is it is a little overwhelming, but it's also so exciting. But that's it's one of the things that I think Marvel has been good at, which is you're rewarded for watching multiple things, but it's not a thousand percent required, you know, so yeah. newbies can come in and like, you know, and, see the third Spider-Man movie and they're going to, they're going to get it well enough. And I'm also a little worried that this is going to turn into like not uh, worrying so much about the overall continuity. Like it's going to allow them to relax a little bit and have a fallback, which uh, could be, could be a good thing. Cause it lets people be more creative. I mean, that's working better for other movie franchises, but you know, from what we've come to see from the Marvel uh, Cinematic Universe, kind of the first of its kind, I hate to see that go away. Well, with this and, of course, the snap and stuff like that as well, you're, you're really getting these uh, mile markers, if you will, uh, where you can always kind of point back and go, oh, that was that was where this led off and stuff. And, and, and eventually you'll just kind of go like, oh, yeah, that's the thing. And you'll just move on. Oh, man, I want to hear this next question, Adam. Uh, 28, would it be a real Loki move to send a seventh episode next week instead of a second season? This could just be some wrap-up stuff. Love your show. That's from Jens. Oh, man, that would be a Loki move, but I'm not holding my breath. That's an amazing idea is to just give you the, like, the end credits thing. It says, it's coming to soon, season two, and then next week they just drop a seventh episode. It is, it's about as Loki as you can get, but certainly not as uh, Walt Disney as you can get because they, uh, <laughs> they've, got some, they've got their own plans over there. I, 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 I like this crazy what a great world. Idea. I like this crazy world where episodes of Loki just get dropped whenever with no like with no promotion, no warnings, just like, oh, look, here's another episode of Loki. So you go and you end up checking your Disney Plus like every couple days just so you don't miss one. That's how that's how they get you. Think of all the free free promotion that that would get. I mean, it, it would be such a coup. It's like, oh, hey, you know what it would be like? It would be like when Netflix went from their uh, from their subscription service to their online service. Mm-hmm. Do you guys remember that feeling the first time that you turned on the Netflix streaming and you were like, you got to be kidding me. Yeah, it was a good feeling. Like, we can do what now? Like, and, I mean, it felt magic. It felt like it was magical. And, and that's what this would be, too. Like, it's, the world is a little more magical if this, if this is a real thing. And you, you might be more knowledgeable on this than me, Adam, but haven't some high-profile musicians just like stealth-launched new albums, like just dropped an album in the middle of the night with no warning? Yeah, sometimes. And, the, and then sometimes even Apple does it on you. <laughs> You've opened up and you're like, I, when the hell did I download a U2 album? Oh, everyone got this U2 album. Oh, well, that'd be great if a- a- Apple just put the seventh episode of Loki on everybody's iPhone. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, let me ask you something. Anybody out there got an iPhone? How about you open that bad boy up right now? It's Christmas. <laughs> 29. About selling some After three rapid fire releases, we're going to get a little break from live action MCU on Disney plus. Do you think that's the right call? Yes. 
Adam? Yeah, you definitely, uh, with this little bit of a break here, like I said earlier, I think... I was feeling a little fatigued, I'll admit yeah. it. I'm like looking forward to some Star Wars content instead of more Marvel stuff. Yeah, there's there's so much, and you know, and we've done all three of these shows with 30-question format, so it also has been a lot of work for us as well, so that's what and a lot of so people... Ex- <laughs> I was so excited on the other side of this that they were coming out rapid fire, and now I'm ready for a breather. Yeah, I, and I think a lot of people, you know, not to go like oh this is such a hard job because it's not but a lot of people you you watch the show and then but we've got to put all the work together to put all the stuff and come up with you know new questions and stuff every week and again i thank you guys for helping out with all of these questions uh so many of them have been so uh really really great this year so i gotta just and i think of all the shows this is the one that's had the most interaction uh with everybody so i just want to thank you guys for all of those uh emails and everything and all the questions that you've provided for this show so uh thank you for that uh, let's get into that last one then, which is a listener question for me. Uh, oh, wait, I, I did Number that. 30 or, is or Sean. Oh, Take us home, Sean. I'm lost. I'm sorry. I'm done. See how long it is? Are you looking Are you looking forward to Loki season two? Yeah. I know. I'm, I'm picturing like 18 months from now. I'm, I'm thinking that's the soonest we possibly get it. That seems about the right kind of time frame because uh, surely they haven't done anything yet. They're probably just, you know, pre-production and stuff right now. Uh, but yeah, it, it's weird. I'm still kind of trying to get my head around the idea of a Loki season two because, you know, as it said many times throughout this first season, is that I thought this was a one and done just like, uh, you know, Falcon and Winter Soldier and uh, WandaVision. So the fact that we're going into a season two it also gives a big giant question mark as to, you know, when is this going to be taking place, you know? Because uh, you said 18 months, and it certainly could be 18 months, but what if it's a little bit further, you know? If it's, you know, I don't know. I don't. I, I, when's Multiverse of Madness coming out? I could next year. Now. Next year, yeah, I quit. I quit following release dates somewhere around nine months ago. So, like, you know, you wonder. It feels like probably season two needs to be before Multiverse of Madness. Oh, I think no. No, no I think it won't be. You think it'll I, be I after? I don't know. I, I just don't see how it can be. Hmm. I don't know. But we'll figure that out next time because guess what? Uh, we're coming back for Loki season two. And uh, oh, we did ask I, someone to mention, we mentioned this earlier in the show about what if and everything. And I do want to let people know uh, we won't be doing a Marvel 30 questions for what if just because, you know, they're kind of singular one episodes. And the questions that we ask, chances are probably going to get answered within those <laughs> singular episodes themselves. Uh, we'll probably cover those over on Hero Movie Podcast. So check out Hero Movie Podcast. We'll probably do. I don't know how many episodes there are, but we may do like, you know, two episodes a time or something like that, as opposed to, you know, the whole thing or whatever, just so yeah. we can talk about, you know, those different aspects. But I don't know that that show is particularly suited for the 30 questions format. Yep. But we'll be coming back with Loki 30 questions and, of course, all the other ones. Uh, what We got Miss Marvel coming out. We got uh, eventually uh, the, the She-Hulk show and stuff. So it's it's not like we're going to be wanting Moon over Knight. There. Moon Knight, for heaven's sake. I, I keep forgetting Moon Knight. Secret Invasion. There's so much stuff coming down the pipe. So, like, you know, don't worry. There'll be plenty, <laughs> plenty more for you to do. Uh, in the meantime, though, Bruce, where can we find more of your work on the Internet? I'm always encouraging people to check out my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash C slash Bruce Leslie with all my anime dad content. And if you love the old podcast format, please check out my podcast, Anime IO, where my friend and I talk a lot about anime and some manga. Good stuff. Sean, what else? 
Go to uh, the Hero Movie Podcast, where each week we talk about some nerdy comic book-related material. Uh, This week we're talking about Sweet Toofus from Netflix, and it's, uh, it's, it's a good time. And of course, if you uh, you know you like this show and you didn't listen to uh, you know Falcon and the Winter Soldier thirty questions or Wandavision thirty questions, those are available on this feed. Just kind of go back a couple of episodes, mm-hmm. and they're all there. Or if you'd like to hear us talk about the Mandalorian in the thirty questions format, we got two seasons of that over at Mandalorian thirty questions. All kinds of uh, good stuff out there. So just just honestly. In whatever podcatcher you got, just type in 30 questions. All of our shows pop up there. So just do us a favor, subscribe to all those, and uh, we love you for that. Uh, That is it, everybody. Uh, Join us next time when we're talking about whatever comes out next for the Marvel uh, television universe for Sweet Shawns and Kovacs from the Internet. Bruce Leslie, I'm Adam Portress. See you next time, you mischievous scamps! If I could turn back time